The Mirror Times Finest. God bless his heart. What's going on, bud? What's your father's name? Call me Mr. East Coast, motherfucker! What's up, beautiful people in the place to be? It's episode three of Come Closer East Coaster. I'm your host, Justin Finney, back at the helm, and I hope everyone's happy and healthy and staying safe out there, making the most of this dreary spring weather we've been experiencing. I know after this last year, it's been a little harder than usual to stay positive and keep our chins up. So I hope these past and present and future episodes and stories that I'm telling are helping everybody out there just crack a little smile and give you a little break from your day. I know when I'm down or I'm going through like a case of the why me's or I'm always thinking that everything is wrong and everything's against me. I always think of my late grandfather, Andrew LeBlanc or Andrew Barb, as some people knew him as Uh, he blew his hand off in in the coal mine. And it wasn't even like a regulated coal mine where you could actually get some compensation. It was just a crop pit that was like basically a coal deposit in the ground that a bunch of guys find and they get together and just start fucking mining it, right? So anyways, he blew his hand off in that. And I always think back to him, like when I was a kid, he was always smiling and laughing and teasing me and just, you know, just so lovable. And I think of that, I don't know what he was like before I came around, like in the early years when that happened, but I I just always think like if he could find happiness and love in life after losing a limb like that, my little first world problems that I had today that I had created in my head are these big issues. They really don't mean much. And uh, when I think about that and how blessed I really am with the things I do have and the people I have in my life, it uh, gives me a little lift up. So just know, you know, if you guys are having a bad day out there, you always got me. You want to call me, you want to do anything, uh, text me, DM me. I'm here for you. Yeah, so I know some people are getting down in the dumps. I know, like, they decided that they're not going to, well, they haven't officially said it, but they're talking about not opening the bubble when they were supposed to, man. And I am like, I just want to go postal. Like, I've just, I've, I'm to the point where if I hear the word COVID or pandemic or anything like that, like, my brain just shuts off. Just, I just check out, man. It must be, like, what my wife is like when I start talking to her about pretty much anything because I like to ramble and it's like, sometimes you just got to shut me off for a little bit. But anyways, uh, it, and, and you know what? I always think of this quote or saying or whatever the fuck you want to call it, which was along the lines of like, if I gave you 24 crisp $100 bills and two of them got ruined so they couldn't be used, would you throw the other 2200 away? No, you definitely wouldn't. So why would you bother throwing away 22 hours of your day when you just had a bad two hours and, and kind of, and, and that always just really made sense to me. And I, you know, I try to put myself in check when I think of that, but. You know, on my drive home today, I was talking to my mom and dad because I call them every day on my way home from work. You should, too, because they're not always going to be there. So uh, make sure that you take the time to call the uh, the people that you care about. But I mean, I just unleashed on them my whole drive home, just complained about everything that was going wrong anyway. So I'm sure they were happy to get that call. It did feel, you know, kind of cathartic after I was done to get all that out. But, you know, after I kind of calmed down, I do remind myself how blessed I am to have the people and the, and the things I do in my life. And I hope you all feel the same way. I hope you, uh, you find that, that one thing that helps you turn your bad day around. Thinking of bad days. What kind of, that's kind of the theme of this episode in a sense, because uh, my story I'm going to tell is about a guy having a bad day, kind of, and me getting involved and then me having a bad day and another guy. Anyway, but one thing that I'm telling you, this is just freaking hilarious. The other day I'm pulling off my street and I have a stop sign at the end of my road. And then there's like, you know, I get out onto the main drag and there's houses all along there. So while I'm at the stop sign, I see this dude backing out of his driveway and he 
He's so I'm waiting, and he smacks his garbage can like his big black garbage bin out into the middle of the road with his back bumper, and I so now I'm pissing myself laughing. And I figure, dude's just gonna drive into his driveway, get out, you know, wheel it back, and back out and go. Mm -mm, that's not what happened. <laughs> Dude gets out of his car, walks out, picks the garbage can up over his head, slams it on the ground like he's fucking Hunter Hearst Helmsley doing a fucking pile driver, drags it into the fucking driveway, starts kicking it and punching it, and I'm not fucking lying, man. Dude hit it with an elbow. Like, he literally ran and dropped an elbow and dropped to his ass and hit it with an elbow to finish it off. So, I mean, this dude couldn't, he's obviously having a bad day, but he couldn't have did this in front of a worse person. Because <laughs> I am definitely going to laugh right in your fucking face. So I pull up beside the driveway and I just, I got my window down. I'm bursting out laughing and God strike me dead. Dude looks at me square in the eyes. We lock eyes and he's got the most fucking angry look I've ever seen on someone's face and just slowly puts his finger up and I can, I can't hear him, but I can read his lips. And he said, fuck you. <laughs> So now I'm laughing even harder and I pulled away. So like that was kind of what set me off. I got thinking about bad days and that's kind of what reminded me of the story I'm going to tell later. And I just got thinking about how funny fucking it can be when someone's at the outside and you're having a temper tantrum and man, I've had a lot of them in my day. Anyways, that was uh, kind of funny. Also, I got to tell I got to tell you this story too because this is something that just happened to me the other day and I I just I walked out of the store like just you couldn't tell because I had a mask on, but my face, my cheeks were red with embarrassment. But so all my life, I mean, everybody knows Mr. Dress Up. OK, we're East Coasters, Canada. We know who Mr. Dress Up is. Anybody, you know, of age really knows who Mr. Dress Up is. So whenever I'm reaching into like a bag or a box or something, I always say, oh, hold on. I'm going to dig into my tickle trunk. <laughs> So I just say that. It's just something I say all the time. So the other day, I'm, I was decided on my way home from work, I'm going to get my wife some flowers. So I swing in just, you know, grocery store flowers, uh, whatever, you know. <laughs> I pull into the grocery store and I go in and I'm paying for them. And it came to like, I don't know, I can't remember, but like a, some, a bit of change with a couple bills. So instead of breaking another bill, I said, I, I got some change in my pocket. So what do I say to the girl? I'm like, Oh, just one second. I'm going to reach into my tickle trunk and grab that. And then I reached into my pocket <laughs> and I just fucking went embarrassed. This is a young girl, probably has no idea who Mr. Dress Up is. And I just stuck my hand in my pocket and said, here, let me reach into my tickle trunk. <laughs> fucking near died the whole way back to my truck. So anyways, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she probably left there thinking that was a bad day. Like, oh, my God, this guy saying he was going to tickle his trunk in his pocket or something. No idea. But. I definitely made a mental note to never refer to my pocket as the tickle trunk <laughs> for the future. That's kind of what's been going on in my life, man. It's just been uh, work, sleep, gym, eat, repeat kind of thing. So without further ado, I guess I'm going to get into this week's story, which is uh, <laughs> a doozy. So I hope everybody enjoys it. Hope you're all staying safe. Much love from Prince Edward Island. Um, thanks again for supporting my podcast. Let's get it out there. Let's do it. Here's this week's story time. So this week's story starts off like a lot of my stories do. I'm living in Fort McMurray at the time. Leading up to this point, I've been just pumping out the overtime. Like, just making that bank, baby! And uh, working like crazy. And I just decided one day, I had enough. I need a vacation. I gotta get the hell out of Dodge for a little while. So I get home, and as I established in previous episodes... I love my family, so my plan is I'm going to book a trip home to Cape Breton, visit everybody. So this is like around the peak time that the airline prices of tickets 
were just astronomical. Like, it's so crazy what we pay in our country to fly within our country, but you can go over to Europe and fly from country to country for like 80 bucks. And meanwhile, we're sitting here like cutting off a limb and trying to sell it on the black market just so I can go home and see my family for two days. I, I'm checking the prices and for two people to fly home return at this time was like $3,900. Like, can you believe that shit? $3,900. So now I'm like, mm, I know I worked overtime, but I, and I love my family, but you know, do I love them $3,900? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Of course I do. But it, it, it was a lot of money. So while I'm looking at this, an ad comes up on my computer for Las Vegas. So I click on it and I see I can fly to Las Vegas for two people for four days, hotel included, return flight. No, for four days, return flight and come home for like 1400 bucks. Now that is a no-brainer where I come from, right? So I'm like, you know, I had just turned 21 too, so like I'm in the zone. So I decide, boom, pulling the trigger on it, going to Vegas. So do that. Time rolls around. It's time to head to Vegas. You know, get you know, pack all the suitcase, adrenaline pumping. Head to Vegas. We get there. You know, just do the normal Vegas stuff. Go see shows at like, um, you know, went to see a Cirque du Soleil. Went to see um, what's his name there, uh, David Copperfield. Funny note about the David Copperfield thing. So I got there early. Some chick comes out and says, hey, would you like to be in the show? I'm like, uh, yeah, of course I would. <laughs> like, what kind of fucking guy doesn't want to be in David Copperfield's show? Of course, man. The plan is, is they put these two stickers on my chest. And what they're, what they're saying is it's going to look like I'm randomly chosen from the audience. But the gag is that they're going to get me to come up. And they're going to make, like, this goose disappear. Or turn, like, a, a make a goose disappear or something like that. I, I don't really remember the specifics of it. But what happens is then some they another guy that they approached before the show was going to be like, hey, do that again. You didn't really do that. So when the, And do it in slow motion. So what the gag was is when they did it again in slow motion, my role was to go up and still do what I did, but then, like, run back in slow motion. Like, do it all in slow motion. So just kind of make... The crowd laughs, so in a sense, the crowd think it's me just kind of being funny and going with the gag, but really, this is all planned beforehand. That has nothing to do with the story, but I just when I said David Copperfield, I was like, totally got to say that part. Like, come on, man. It's David motherfucking Copperfield. I do that. Get back to the hotel. Now, I'm not a gambler at all, but hey, I'm an East Coaster. I'm from Cape Breton, and I'm told that as long as you're gambling, free drinks. So I'm like, 20 in the machine, one cent bet. One set bet. Excuse me, can I have a drink? Down that. One set bet. One cent bet. <laughs> like, and that was kind of the, the game plan. So it was like 8 o'clock, and the person that I went down there with was like, oh, it's time for bed, right? And I was like, well, I'm fucking 21. I'm in Vegas, and it's 8 p.m. Uh, no. I'm going to stay and enjoy myself, right? So I'm up in the room, and I'm just sitting around, and I'm like, this is crazy. Like, you know, like I said, I'm 21 years old. It's... Las Vegas, I want to go and enjoy myself. So I'm sitting there flipping through the television. And I find this channel on the television, how to play games. Now, I don't know how to gamble. I'm not a gambler, still not a gambler. I, I know how to put a 20 in the machine and hit a button, you know, from my days at, at like Rollies or something. Right? So anyways, they're like Main Street or wherever there was. I don't even remember. That's how much I'm not a gambler. I don't remember where the machines were. I come across how to play roulette. I mean, everybody knows, you know, put money on black or you put money on red, but there's like a whole inside table on how to play. 
So I sat there and I watched it and I watched it like three times and I'm like, okay, I got this. So I said, frig this, man. I'm not staying in the room. I'm going and having a good time. So grab my shit together, you know, throw my suit on. Had just bought like a Calvin Klein suit up at the up at the strip mall for like a third of the price. So I was like, oh yeah, you know, looking styling, fresh, fresh to death. So I get down to the casino and I'm looking around and I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm, I'm an outgoing guy, but I'm a little uncomfortable before I've tried at a casino to like play poker. And I didn't know the rules, like how to, you got to put the money down first and they take it and then they slide it to you, like all that stuff. So I was like a little uncomfortable as to what I was supposed to do and how I was going to do it. But anyways, I just kind of rolled with the punches and went over, found a table that there wasn't really many people at. So I wouldn't feel so embarrassed. So I cash out a few bucks and. Um, there's these two Asian fellas there, man. And I'm telling you, like, it's like they just spent like the last two weeks running numbers and studying the game, man. They were, they definitely had some sort of plan as to what they were going to do. And from an outsider looking in, their plan was not working. This other guy that was at the table when I got there, he has his, both his hands in his hair and he is pulling and he's cursing and fucking swearing and he's down in whiskeys and he's pounding the table to the point where the girl's like, sir, you got to calm down. So I start playing and I'm, I'm kind of quiet. I'm just sipping my drink. I, I'm in another country and I don't want any trouble with anybody. Like, I just want to kind of enjoy myself. So um, I start playing the inside table. Now, how I'm playing is if you put a chip on like four of the numbers, if it lands on any one of those numbers, you, you, if it lands on any of those four numbers that you put it on, you win something. You just don't win as much as you would if you put it right on one number and it hit. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't play it enough to know, like, what the actual numbers are. But, you know, so I start playing these corners and I'm hitting it and I'm hitting it and I'm hitting it and I'm just cashing all this money in it. I don't even know what I'm doing, man. Like, beginner's luck must have been a thing this day because I am just pulling in money left and right. Like, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I've never been so excited, I think, in my life when it came to gambling. This dude that's pulling his hair out sees that I'm winning and decides he's going to start putting his chips on top of mine. So now he's cleaning up on the table. So the two of us are like, and it's just luck, man. I mean, it's roulette. It's wherever the ball lands, right? I mean, I, I improve my chances by covering four numbers with each chip. But at the same time, I'm still winning. And now this dude's winning. People were coming and going in between us. So the dude slowly migrates over beside me. And starts. he just looks at me and he goes, man, you just literally saved my life. And I was like, oh, yeah, right on, you know, because people say shit to people. So I'm not taking it serious. He's like, he put his hand on my shoulder. He goes, man, I'm serious. He's like, just before you came, he was like, I was on my last hundred dollars. I lost my mortgage for the next three months. He's like, I work on the oil rigs now, which is something that we kind of shared in common because I was working in the oil sands. Right. So right away you got that kind of bond. And he's like, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. He's, so this he's week's like, story, I started following your chips. He's like, I, he's like, I've almost won my mortgage payments back at this point. And I was like, right on, dude. Like, I, I was so happy for him. And I was, I mean, I wasn't doing anything. I was just guessing, man. So anyways, we just keep winning and we keep winning. Put it this way. When I got home back to Fort McMurray, I had paid from gambling. I had paid for my flights, my hotel, and my suit. That was all paid for. So I like got all that money back. Everything else that I spent was, you know, whatever. But I mean, I pretty much traveled for free because I won all that money. So when you're in Vegas and you're in the casino, they, they have no windows. So you can't see what time it is outside. There's no clocks anywhere. And they pump oxygen in to keep you up, up, up. Like keep the air fresh. And, you know, I'm sure it's musty too when you got all those people in a big building like that. So the oxygen probably helps that too. But it also keeps you awake. So next thing I know, it's like, 
5 a.m. <laughs> I'm still fucking gambling with this dude at a table. I was like, I got to go, man. So I rushed back to the room, get in there. I'm, I'm pumped on adrenaline. I've been drinking all night. So needless to say, I try to get some sleep. So we're only there for four days. So the plan the next day is like to go shopping and shit. So now I got like an hour and a half sleep. Got to get up and go shopping. And I am hung over. Like I am a hurting unit, man. I did not want to move. But what do you do? You got to go. So off we go to the mall. So what do I see when I walk in the mall is this. It's called an oxygen bar. So what it is is like basically a bar in the center of the mall, like a kiosk that you would like here. You would sell sunglasses or something. But this is an oxygen bar and you kind of sit at the bar and she comes over and like hooks like an oxygen tank up to you. It helps you breathe. It's supposed to be good for hangovers and stuff like that. So I got this. So I'm like, I know where I'm going. <laughs> like This is where I'm going to spend the rest of my day. So I'm sitting there. I got the oxygen tank hooked up. The girl that's running the place got this like thing. It looks like like a almost like an egg beater that's opened up like a spider and it goes over your head and it kind of massages your head. So she's there pumping that on top of me. I'm hurting. She leaves. I got like a glass of water. I still got the oxygen tank hooked up and I'm like laying with my face on the, on the table. Like this is how bad it is. I am a hurting unit. I'm 21 in Vegas. Like, of course. So I'm just hurting. Anyways, I got my head down and my hand, my head is covered in my arm and I feel someone sit in the stool beside me and the whole thing just starts to shake, right? Like, I'm telling you, like, whoever sat in that stool when my stool started to shake and I look up and it's the biggest motherfucker I've ever seen in my life, man. I'm telling you, the dude was so big. Like, when I lifted my feet up, I started to orbit him. Like, this is like, I'm telling you, like, the muscular, this guy, like, had tree trunks for arms. I'm telling you, like, a beast. And I'm like, a, I'm not a big dude, right? So this guy's, like, huge. Like, I couldn't believe it, man. Like, I when he would walk by shit, like, he would, like, fucking warp space and time, right? So anyways, I'm like, man, this... And he's got two guys beside him, and they got, like, full black suits on, the two guys beside him, and he's just beside me in, like, a black T-shirt. But, I mean, this T-shirt's about to pop, man. <laughs> like, it's so tight on I me. Mean, this guy is, like, a big dude. Like, I'm telling you right now, like, he must bench press, like, school buses. So I'm looking at him, and I'm like, this motherfucker looks like... Triple H, the wrestler, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Now, I think it was Hunter Hearst Helmsley. He, you know, walks like a duck, sounds like a duck, looks like a duck. It's probably a duck. I never once asked him, but as time went on and we got talking, he did ask me to make sure I didn't take any pictures with him, and he had two bodyguards with him. So I'm going to say it was Triple H. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a lookalike. I don't know. I never really asked him, but he sounded like him, looked like him. Fucking, I don't know if he smelled like him. Don't know what Triple H smells like, but... So I'm sitting there and he looks at me and he goes, hey, man, you look. And he's got like this raspy voice. He's like, you look how I feel. And I was like, man, I feel how I look. And he kind of chuckled. So we, I'm sitting there now. I'm like, fuck, man, I got to play cool. Like I'm sitting here with Hunter Helmsley in Las Vegas. And I look like a fucking uh, like a wussy, right? I'm here hungover, laying on the thing like I, you know, just crawled out from under some rock. So anyways. Turns out, at this oxygen bar, they serve liquor. Now, this is, I'm talking, this is like 9.30 a.m., maybe 10, somewhere around there. And he orders, and the two guys, uh, he's got these two big bodyguards with him. They all order a shot of tequila. And he looks at me, he's like, hey, you want a shot of tequila? I was like, yeah, I want a shot of tequila. <laughs> now, I hate tequila, but in this moment, I was just like, man, I'm going to do a shot of tequila with Hunter Hearst. <laughs> so, 
we do a shot, and oh, we all, and I, I put a face, like, they took it like they just drank a glass of water. I got a face on me, man, like, I'm telling you, it looks like I've been just sucking on a lemon for the past 14 hours, like, oh, man, I used to do this dance in high school called Where Are All the Lemons Gone, and I used to, like, put my hands up, like, where, and I would suck my face in, like, a lemon. <laughs> Why I just thought of that, I don't know. But that's what I was like, man. It was like, I'm telling you, it looked like like uh, an elderly woman who just took her teeth out. Or, you know what I mean? So anyways, they just burst out laughing. And I mean, I'm outspoken and I'm a Cape Bretner. Like, what's not the love? So I'm like t telling the boys the story about what had happened last night. And they're laughing. So he's like, hey, he's like... Four more shots of tequila to the girl. He's like, well, for us three and one for my little buddy here. And I'm like, oh, shit, man. I was like, I can't. He's like, no, you're having one with me. So next thing I know, I do another shot of tequila. We order beer. We're drinking. I still got this oxygen mask on my face pumping oxygen into me. We're, so we're just sitting there and we're laughing and joking. And the, his two bodyguards are kind of, I'm actually conversing with one of them a little bit more than I am him. Because I, I am a little nervous, but I, like I said, all along, I'm still operating on the fact that this was Triple H. It might not have been. It could have been fucking anybody, but it looked like him. It, I'm telling you, we keep drinking. Next thing I know, we're all singing like, oh, I can't remember. I wish I could remember what it was. Something that came on the radio anyways. And we I, we weren't really singing, but we were all kind of like trying to. And it, it was just, we all burst out laughing. I'm we're trading stories, we're having laughs, everything, and I still haven't asked this dude who he is, but I mean, he's obviously, <laughs> I don't keep mean to keep going back to that, but I just want to reiterate the fact that I'm not 100% sure it was him or not. He looks at me, he's like, hey, he's like, how you feeling? I said, oh man, I said, my hangover's gone, I said, I'm, but I'm feeling kind of tipsy. He's like, well, he's like, I got a limo coming to get me and the boys right now. He's like, do you want to come with us? We're going up to, um... The Grand Canyon, he's like, we're, we're going to go for a drive to the Grand, or I, I, something about a helicopter. <laughs> Anyways, that he was going to go, and I'm like, dude, I was like, I can't just up and leave this mile right now, like, when I'm here with somebody to just take off, but believe me, I wanted to, man. Like, could you imagine if I had to just got left with him, and now I'm flying in a helicopter with Triple H, you know, fucking definitely didn't have the kind of money he did. Anyway, so... Um, I, I, I stayed and finished my beer. They, they didn't finish what the ones that they had and they got up and we, I shook his hand and my hand went inside his hand. It was like shaking a fucking catcher's mitt. But anyway, and they, they took off. So now I'm like already came home late last, the, the night before, like in Vegas. <laughs> Anyways, pretty much ruined the next day. Um, had to play it cool. Like I wasn't drunk, but I just had like three shots of tequila and a bunch of beer and I'm like trying to play it cool. Like, sure. Yeah, I'll go shopping. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyways, that's just a story that always makes me laugh. And it kind of sticks with the bad day because, believe me, the dude the night before was having a bad day. Um, and then I helped him win that money. And then I was having a bad hangover day. And Triple H <laughs> comes and fucking comes to my rescue, I guess. Paid for all the drinks. Even paid for my oxygen tank because I was puffing on that oxygen for like at least a good 45 minutes. <laughs> I think you're really supposed to do it like 10 to 15 or whatever. Anyways. Um, so that's just another story in the uh, wonderful life of your Come Closer East Coaster podcast host. Uh, thanks for listening. And remember, I love you. Bye.